You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 185. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantor's speaker, coach, and founder of The C Method, where I help high-performing professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more at thecmethod.com. Now, if you are new to the podcast, hello, hello. Um, I actually spoke at a Toastmasters leadership conference over the weekend. It was so much fun, a great great audience. Now, if you were at that conference and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, a very big warm welcome to you. Now, each week on the podcast, just so you know, we address a different topic to help you build a success mindset, to present yourself with confidence, to build strong relationships and be an all-round better human. You can join our community on Facebook, search for the group The C Method Rockstars or go to thecmethod.com slash community. We've got an awesome group of people there who are all dedicated and committed to developing their confidence with speaking and communication and supporting each other on that journey. So we cannot wait to connect with you. Okay, today's podcast is all about how to deal with difficult audience members. So tell me if this has happened to you. So you have a presentation coming up, you prepare, you practice, you listen to this podcast, of course, you meditate, you power pose, you do all the things, all the things in your power to feel good and prepared for it. And then you're feeling good, you get up to speak. And the first thing you notice is someone in the audience sitting there with their arms crossed scowling at you. And all of a sudden, everything you've prepared and rehearsed flies out the window. All you can do is focus on this one person who continues to stare at you like you've just told them to kick a baby. You catch them glancing at their phone or raising their eyebrows or rolling their eyes even. And then the little voice in your head starts screaming. And it's saying, they don't like you. You're not interesting. They're bored. They don't agree with you. You're such a loser. You don't deserve to be up there. You don't know your stuff. Rah, 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 rah. And it goes on and on and on. Now, has this happened to you? I thought so. It happens to me. Certainly does all the time. Now, unfortunately, many of us let this little voice get to us whenever we see these unresponsive, disengaged or difficult audience members and we allow them to derail our presentation. And often experiences like these are enough to put us off doing speaking altogether. I know one of my clients has said, she once said to me, you know, every time the CEO is at one of my presentations, I I get really nervous in the lead up because I know he's going to sit there and look bored and unimpressed the whole time. It really puts me off and makes me not want to speak. So this is an extremely common thought that cripples many of us when we get up to speak. Think about it. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could face our audience and whatever the audience is doing, we stay, co- we stay cool, calm, and we stay connected to our message? Now, how empowered would you feel about that? 
And that is what we're exploring on the podcast today, how to deal with these seemingly difficult audience members in order to stay on track and deliver our presentation effectively. Now, this has got nothing to do with changing the audience member or making them leave the room, okay? My goal is to help you shift your mindset to have a more positive view of your audience and to shift some of those stories going on in your head to empower you to want to deliver a presentation, regardless of who the audience is and how they are behaving. Does that sound good? Okay, let's do it. So firstly, I want to define what I mean by difficult audience. Now, what I'm not talking about is I'm not talking about hecklers who are there to deliberately tear you down. Now, you might find hecklers mostly, you know, at a stand-up comedy gig or at a political rally or whatever, you know, people yelling out and going, you know, you suck or like throwing stuff at them. Like that, look, I have never experienced something like that before, ever in my professional career. It just doesn't happen. You know, most people in your situation, most people are not there, like they're not there to tear you down. They're not there to deliberately make you look like a fool, okay? Most people want you to do well. They're certainly not there to yell at you. So when I talk about um, difficult people, I mean people who appear to be disengaged, So they look bored, they're checking their phones, they're looking around them, they're not smiling, maybe they have sunglasses on, so you can't tell what their facial expression is. Um, You know, so these are the sorts of people who I'm describing as as being difficult. Um, Something I'm also not addressing in this podcast is people who uh, maybe ask really difficult questions deliberately to try to derail you. other audience members who might be um, talking really loudly and being deliberately disruptive. So I'm not talking about that. That's that's for another episode, which, um, you know, I can do one about that. That's more around a, a facilitation style. Um, but this is more about dealing with people when you look at them and you can see that they're not engaged. Now, I have five big ideas for you, five. And the first one So I'm going to read them out to you first. The first is to be aware of your response. The second is to be curious. The third, create a new story. Four, practice radical empathy. And five, focus on the warm spots. So number one, be aware of your response. Now, the first place that we always start when it comes to improving ourselves is to be self-aware. So when you encounter a difficult audience member and you feel an inner disturbance, this could be anxiety, this could be worry, this could be, you know, you might be getting flustered, you might feel yourself physically responding, maybe getting a hot flush or you feel your stomach turnover, all of that is a a disturbance. When you feel this disturbance, just notice it. Don't try to stop it. Just be aware of your response. Now, I was, I remember I was once running a workshop and there was this one person in the workshop. Everyone else was wonderful, but there was one person who sat there, crossed their arms, refused to smile, and was very sarcastic and antagonistic 
every time I asked them a question. And I had never met someone like this before in a workshop because people usually want to come to these work. You know, they've signed up, they've paid, they've come to this work, the, the workshops. Um, and I felt the response that I felt from that was I felt myself getting flustered. And my thought process was, oh, my God, this person doesn't like me. So that was my response and I noticed that. So that's the first step. Just be noticed. Just notice it. Don't judge yourself or go, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Just notice it. Um, and something I noticed about myself was I I started to stammer my words because I was getting nervous. Um, so that was my response. Now, once we've done that, once we're aware of how we're responding, you, the next step is to be curious. And this leads on from step one. So instead of thinking, oh, I need to stop feeling this way. I need to not be flustered. I need to not be anxious. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Instead of doing that, be curious about this reaction and ask yourself, hmm, that's interesting. I'm noticing these inner disturbance, inner disturbances coming up. I'm noticing myself getting anxious and nervous. Hmm, I wonder where that comes from. I wonder why that is. So we're not trying to get rid of the feelings. In fact, we welcome the feelings and we go, hello, hello, anxiety. That's interesting that you've popped up in this moment. I wonder why you're here. Let's, let's try to figure this out. And when we do this, it firstly, it makes it a much easier time for us because we're being kind to ourselves. We're not judging ourselves for having those feelings or making ourselves feel worse. We're simply just being curious. So in my situation, in this one that I was describing to you, I, I asked myself, okay, why am I feeling this way? Why? I'm curious. And I realized it was due to my desire to be liked. I know that I have a, a need for approval. When I get recognition, I love it. You know, people say, Christine, I love your podcast. I'm like, yes, I love that. You know, I have, I, I, I just have this desire for approval and to be liked. And I'm not sure that that will ever go away, but at least I can be aware of it and I can, and it helps me to understand why I respond in the way that I do. Okay. So in this particular instance, when this person started behaving in a certain way, I noticed that my, um, I noticed myself getting flustered and anxious and I was curious about it and realized that, oh, this is just due to my need for approval. I really want this person to like me and it doesn't look like they like me. So that's why I'm getting um, anxious about it. So be curious. Then the next step, so firstly, we're aware of our response. So we've taken a moment to pause, go, okay, I'm aware. The next step is to be curious. Then the third step is to create a new story. Remember that little voice that I was talking about before, the one that goes mental when, when we feel that disturbance? You're not good enough. You're terrible. You don't know anything. Now, these are stories that we're telling ourselves. And oftentimes, well, most of the time, the stories we tell ourselves are the worst case scenario. We tend to automatically think about 
all of the terrible reasons why this is the case. So my challenge to you in this step is to create a new story. Now, before you say, ah, Christina, I don't want to create a new story. Just hear me out here. Maybe, here's a new story, maybe that person, that difficult person is having a bad day Hmm? and that it's got nothing to do with you and maybe they're really angry at their spouse or frustrated at their kids. Maybe they don't express themselves very well and their scowly face is actually their normal resting face. Or maybe they are just not very good at showing their emotions. My sister is like this, my gorgeous sister, Zay, who's been on the podcast before. We were talking about this and she said to me, you know what, Christina, whenever I watch a presentation, if they say something funny, I actually don't laugh. She said, I think to myself, she said, it actually takes me a little bit longer to process the joke and I actually get the joke a couple seconds after everyone else does. But by that time, everyone's already finished laughing and in my head, I'm thinking, oh, that was funny, but I don't physically express it. I said to her, that's the worst. You're the worst audience member. Don't ever come to my presentations. I'm just kidding. But it was a really fascinating insight into how someone who is naturally not very expressive or it takes them more time to process what's being heard, right, to then formulate a response. Whereas other people are quite quick in their response. So, for example, I am naturally very expressive. I like to smile and nod when I agree with someone, and I will laugh straight away. In fact, I'm probably the first to laugh, and I laugh the loudest. You know, so but different people uh, respond differently. So think about... Um, creating a new story as to why this person might be behaving um, in the way that they are. I remember I once spoke to a group of accountants who were not naturally the most, you know, outgoing group, just a massive generalization there. But, you know, I think we, I think it's safe to make it. And I remember speaking to them and being really energized and I was really excited. This was very early on in my uh, speaking days. And they just sat and stared at me. And I remember getting a little flustered and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I I think they're bored. I don't think they like me. So in response, I became even more energized and enthusiastic, which I think probably put them off even more because they're not the sort of, they weren't the sort of audience who wanted a really loud over the top presenter. Yeah. So if I'd been more aware back then, I would have realized, oh, maybe they just don't express themselves as I would. So that's create a new story. Um, oh, and going back to, so this, this person who, that was, you know, creating this, that where I had this disturbance, um, then the story I, I created for them was, you know, maybe they're having a bad day. That was the story, um, I had. Maybe they've had a really rough day and man, I am so impressed that they made it to this workshop today. So good on them. And I found that that new story helped. Okay, moving on to step four. And this sort of ties in with step three. You could probably do these together, but it's to practice radical empathy. 
Now, something that I've found has worked incredibly well for me with dealing with different audiences is to feel compassion and empathy for them. And the way you do this is you you focus on the person who is the the difficult, let's say, audience member, and you think to yourself, man, you must have so much going on in your life. You have so many challenges. You have your own issues. You have your own insecurities. And you're just trying to get through life like the rest of us. Man, I have so much compassion for you. It must be really hard being that scowly all the time. (laughs) You know, and something that I thought to myself in this situation was, man, it must be so hard being so antagonistic and negative all the time. You poor thing. I feel sorry for the people that you communicate with on a daily basis. So I feel, and I feel sorry for you. Um, may, you know, maybe people don't respond to you very well because of your behavior. And that must be really hard. And I thought to myself, you know what? I want to, I'm going to shower this person with love and compassion. Now, I know that might sound a little far fetched for you. If you're feeling like this person, if you really don't like them or you maybe you don't trust them or they've you've had bad experiences with them before, and I get that, I get that. But maybe developing compassion for them is something you can start to work on. So put yourself in their shoes. Another one of my clients was delivering a a a, um, a big presentation to it was at a big lunch, a big business lunch, and. Um, they were feeling quite nervous about presenting to these big wigs. And so we worked on helping them to create more compassion for these big wigs. And I said, well, what are some of the challenges that these big wigs have? How can we feel compassion for them? And my client said, well, they're very stressed. It's a very stressful time of year. There's a lot going on. And they are probably really happy just to get out of the office for a couple of hours. And I said, great. Well, let's use that then and think about, think about how, how difficult their lives are at the moment and how this lunch is giving them a little bit of relief from that stressful period. And simply thinking about that really helped my client. Okay. So we've talked about practicing radical empathy. Oh, yes. Um, just to share with you, before um, I actually went through these steps in my own head with this particular difficult person, you know what my other response was? My, my response, I almost asked them to leave. That's how affected I was because I got to the point where I was like, you know what, if you can't like me, if nothing I do is going to make you like me, then I'm just going to make you leave the room and then I'll feel better. And then I win, you know, it's that competitiveness in me. So I, I was literally on the, about to say, you know what? You really don't look like you want to be here. So you're welcome to leave. But I, I held myself back and I thought, no, be empathetic, show compassion, shower them with love. And so I did. And what that looks like is I just kept treating them the exact same way as everyone else. I kept smiling at them. I kept involving them. I didn't ignore them. I treated them exactly the same as everyone else. 
Bit of a door slam there. Sorry about that. Someone might be a bit angry in the next room. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to number five, and this is focus on the warm spots. Now, if you are having trouble with creating compassion for the difficult people and creating new stories, then another option for you is to simply ignore them and focus on the smiley people in the audience, kind of like the warm spots. You know, when you're swimming in the ocean and it's like all cold and then all of a sudden you like hit a warmer spot and you go, ooh, that's nice. And then you realize that your your friend is swimming upstream from you and you're like, ooh, not so nice. But it could just be, it could just be, a, a, you know, a warm, a warm current, a warm spot. You will find this when you're speaking to a group. There will be cold spots where you have your people who are frowning and not looking at you or who look, who, who look disengaged. And then you've got your warm spots. These are your cheerleaders, the people who are smiling. They're up the front. They're nodding. They're writing notes. They're going, yeah, they're looking really engaged. Just keep looking at them. Focus on them. And use them to fuel you. Oh, and for those of you who, if you're um, resonating with not being a very expressive person, naturally, that's okay. We, We still love you. Something that you can do is to practice being a warm audience member to support your colleagues. If you know they get a little nervous, then make more of an effort to smile at them, to nod, to give them that positive reinforcement that they're doing really well. Okay, so practice being a great audience member. Side note for you. Okay, so those are the five things that you can do to help you to get into a better mindset create a, and create a different story for yourself to serve you better as you are going into your speaking engagements. I'll just repeat them real quick. Number one, be aware of your response. Two, be curious. Three, create a new story. Four, practice radical empathy and compassion. And five, focus on the warm spots. Now, just to finish up this story, I was very surprised that, um, well, firstly, I was very proud. I was very proud of myself after this workshop where I thought, I thought, you know what? I'm so proud of how I dealt with that internally. And I managed to create a great situation out of, you know, something that was originally making me very anxious. And then after the workshop, to my surprise, I received an email from this difficult person. And in their email, they wrote and told me how much they had enjoyed the workshop and how fun it was. I could not believe it. No one else in that, from that workshop wrote to me, but this person who I had, who I was convinced did not like me, hated what I was saying, wanted to leave, didn't want to be there, didn't, thought it was boring, all of that. They wrote to me and said how much they enjoyed it, how fun it was and how much they were looking forward to hopefully connecting with me again. Could you believe that? Incredible. So it just goes to show, you just don't know what's going on in someone's head. Okay, what's going on inside their head might be very different to how they're expressing it. At the um, Toastmasters conference on the weekend, one of the we talked about this because this was a question that came up, how do I deal with a difficult audience member? And one of the audience members came up to me afterwards and told me how he used to be a, a, a walking tour guide here in Melbourne 
and he said that you would always get people standing at the back with the with sunglasses on, hand arms crossed, not smiling, and he said they were the ones who gave him the biggest tips. Yep. The ones who he thought were the least engaged were the ones who were most appreciative and gave the biggest tips. So there you go. I hope that you can take something from this podcast and that it has helped you to shift your thinking about disengaged and, you know, um, audience members who may come across as being difficult. Now, if you enjoy this episode, then please do share it with a friend who you also think would benefit from this. I would really appreciate it. It's a great way for the show to get um, shared and um, discovered by other people, by you, my amazing, amazing listeners, sharing it with others. And also, if you have not yet joined our amazing Facebook group, what are you doing? Go, go and join it. Um, we are the C-Method Rockstars. Go in there and join the group, um, introduce yourself, let us know what your challenges are and what you're working towards. You'll find there is an incredible supportive community there who are happy to help you with any questions and to um, help you celebrate in your wins as well. So thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I cannot wait to speak with you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>